Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast, where it is my duty to explore all things related to living an optimized and fulfilling life. I personally am on the never-ending journey to improve myself and figured why not share my findings and my conversations with as many people as possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there, read my blog, check out some apparel I designed, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I would love to keep this podcast relatively sponsor-free, and to do that, I need your support through Patreon. You can visit the support tab on my website to learn more about that. Your contributions through Patreon will keep the Life Enchanted content flowing and will also help me dedicate more time to expanding the content, i.e. the blog and newsletter and whatnot. But most importantly, a portion of every cent that comes through Patreon and my online store will be donated to Metro World Child. You can find out more about them through my website on that support tab. Also, please consider leaving a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. My guest today is Mark Barlow, the 24-year-old singer, songwriter, and leader of the popular worship group Isla Vista Worship, based out of Santa Barbara. I saw Mark perform live in May of this year and immediately knew that I needed to get him on the show because his talent and his faith and his passion for Jesus were all through the roof during his performance and as he spoke to the crowd and I knew he would be fun to talk to. So without further ado, Mark Barlow, ladies and gentlemen. So I thought we could start with your song, My Portion, because I will have just played a snippet of it in the intro when this podcast releases, and it's an epic jam. I saw you perform it live when you um, were in Roseville, Um, and I was hoping you could share a little bit about the story behind creating it. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know you were in Roseville. Yeah, man. You guys did an epic job. I was so stoked when I saw it. We're talking, for those of you that don't know, the the One Big Family Tour. It was uh, Mark, Jonathan Ogden, Montel Fish, um, Ecclesia, um, Taylor Armstrong, a whole crew of just musicians that I love. And just by chance, they came to Roseville. I mean, you guys did a select few cities, and the fact that you came with, to Roseville was a miracle for me. And it was super awesome to see you guys perform a lot of my favorite jams that I I worship to in solitude a lot of the times live. Like it was crazy because, um, like three weeks prior to me even knowing that you guys were coming, um. I stumbled upon Taylor Armstrong's song, Come What May. And, dude, I spent, like, 
countless evenings in my daughter's playroom after they went to bed. I put on my Bose headphones and just like turn off the lights and just like have these epic worship sessions. Um, yes, dude, it was so, and to that song, man, and then to see him perform it live like right in front of me because that venue was super intimate i mean i could have reached out and gave him a high five while he was doing it um so epic man and like your jams i i hadn't listened to soul hymns soul hymns is mark's album by the way for for folks that don't know and to see you perform like my portion and stuff live powerful bro dang praise god dude yeah you guys did a great job that was such a wild night. We had so many technical difficulties. <laughs> like, we, we almost didn't get the speakers to work. <laughs> <laughs> At least you guys oh, are all musicians God. and we could have just done a little acoustic session. For real. One 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 night of the tour, we did end up having to do that because um, we had no idea that there was um, an elderly community living right above the venue. <laughs> and... With like some of the jams that Ecclesia and Montel bring, with like the heavy kick yeah. and the sub and the bass and stuff, um, we ended up having to strip everything down to just acoustic um, for one of the nights, and that was really special. But also like, dang it, like I really want Montel and Ecclesia to just go ham. Yeah, yeah, Ecclesia. But, the what's what's the lead singer? Well, the dude in Ecclesia. What's his name? Yeah. Andrew. Andrew. He was I, I hadn't I've heard I had heard some of their songs, but I never put a face to it or anything. And that dude just like his swag and style and like his hair and his glasses. Yes. I was just like taken aback by it. like who is this dude? And he dude, was I so tight. <laughs> He's the sweetest. Yeah, it was awesome, man. You guys thing- you guys killed it. Thank you, bro. The thing that I was blown away by most for like in getting to like i mean i'm friends with all those homies but like um the thing that i was most blown away by by the tour um was the presence of god like Mm. the most hype part was not the music it was just like every single night like we got to encounter the manifest presence of god and like the common thread that i saw in each one of the artists was just a true heart of humility like unlike anything i've ever seen like in artists um either in in the christian music industry or or otherwise um so that was really amazing to like get to see god respond to you know um earnest reverent praise Mm. Uh, that was really amazing how can you speak to that humility a little bit? Because I mean, from an outsider's perspective, as a performer like yourself and all the other dudes and and gals that were there, I I think it could be easy to, you know, get up there and get prideful and all these people will listen to my music and love me and you know are taking pictures of me and whatnot. Um, oh my gosh! Can you can you speak to like how did you see that humility was manifesting itself over pride? Like what? what were the characteristics of the people around you that were expressing that were expressing humility? Um, I, I'd say the first thing that stuck out to me in the tour was every night, none of us cared who was first or who was last. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that wasn't even something that we had talked about. We thought that everything was already planned out, but every night, everything ended up being back up in the air. 
Um, and the preferential treatment of one another. Um, it didn't feel like the standing at the door, like the, cl- the classic, I don't know if you've heard of this, like, um, where like there's two Christians standing at the door and they never walk through the door because one's like, no, after you, no, after you, <laughs> after you. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Cause sometimes that can feel like, uh, okay. You guys are just being stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like false humility. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, it was, it was actually like so authentic. Um, and I, I don't know. That was like the first thing that stuck out to me, but, um, honestly, I think that when you meet somebody who has encountered the love of Jesus and has allowed that to transform the way that they think, um, you can honestly see and sense the humility, um, in a, in a way that like, I don't know that cause I think that, the work of the cross and the resurrection actually brings lasting change. And I've never seen lasting fruit from self-help in my own life. Like trying to make myself humble, Mm. (laughs) like, like humbling myself before the Lord. That's like a different in my, in my heart, in my mind, that's a different thing. Um, but like in trying to change my own thought patterns apart from the finished work of the gospel, nothing is ever stuck. <laughs> that's so good. Um, so I don't know that that's a little bit on that, but I know that you had asked about my portion. Um, yeah. So if you want, we can go into that, please. Yeah, please. Such an epic yeah. jam, man. And when you performed it, I mean, that song has some range as far as the vocals go and you were on the keys as well. And seeing you perform it live, it's one of those songs that if you're not like, yeah, that just someone like me who can't sing to see someone be able to sing like that live is like, whoa! <laughs> Praise God, dude. Um, thank you. Yeah. Um, that song is so special to me. Um, for a couple different reasons. Um, one being I never intended it for, I never intended for it to be a performance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, uh, I never intended it for, for it to be like musically, um, anything more than a prayer. Um, because, um, I actually didn't intend for anything (laughs) because one night, um, I think it was about two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago this summer, um, I was living in a house down the block and I had just looked up porn online and I had masturbated and I felt so ashamed and so distant from the father. And so, um, like something I was introduced to porn in middle school. Mm. And so, um, like it had been like a, a common thread, like kind of resurfacing every once in a while. Um, and I think that that specific moment, um, when I had looked that up and done what I did, I, it felt like I was tearing my heart in two. Mm. 
um, or e- even a better like visual illustration, like literally tearing my heart out of my body, like complete disconnect um, from myself, from the Lord. Um, and I just felt numb and I felt sad. Um, and also like pissed. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I was soaking in that gloom, um, or I guess sulking would be a better word for it. Um, the father said to me, son, I have a song for you. Come to the studio. Um, and I was like, okay. (laughs) So I walked out to the garage and I hit record. Um, and just played and sang what was coming up out of my heart and um in exchange for all of the filth that I was holding on to God gave me that song and so what you hear on soul hymns is that exact moment minutes after I had like fallen and he pulled me up and gave me a song and in exchange for all that filth he just wanted to tell me and remind me that he's the portion that I receive when I give everything, when I give all of that, you know, they, they say a stronghold is like something that you're holding on strongly to. Um, and like, as I opened up my fist, um, he gave me that song and it's like one of the most special gifts he's ever given to me. That's so powerful, man. That was so cool. Walk me through kind of like, so you went into the garage and you didn't have like any chords in mind. You didn't have any melody in mind. You didn't have any lyrics in mind. You just, I mean, what did that look like? Yeah, I just like, um, I had this phrase that like stuck in my mind. Um, and then, um, and that was like, you are my portion. Um, the when I lay down my life part didn't really come until like just before I started singing those words. Mm. Um, and I, I grew up listening to um, I hop KC music. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but they are an international prayer movement. Um, they have 24 hour prayer going on um, seven days a week Whoa. and like prayer and worship. And the music that's coming out of there because they're just like spending their days and nights praying and worshiping the music that's coming out of there is really, has really been influential on my life. Um, it's really just powerful stuff. That's like, um, I don't know you walk in there and like, you just kind of feel a smile on God's face. Cause it's like, Oh, this is a place where like, he's always welcomed. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just, they they've been constantly stewarding the presence of God for like decades. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but um, I grew up listening to them, and they do like a lot of free flow, spontaneous worship. Um, and so I've I've been well acclimated to just like coming up with a chord progression and like singing over it, pouring out whatever new song I have in my heart to Jesus, and so that like, um that kind of was like the foundation on which like God put the song. Um, but for the beginning part, am I so easily distracted again? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know whether 
like, you know, sometimes when you hear a sermon or get a revelation, um, whether it's been verbalized the same way, um, sometimes you feel like you came up with like the quote, yes. um, because it's become so much a part of you. Mm-hmm. Like I, I might quote, I might be super impacted by something that Ben Franklin said and then say it. And then people ask like, Oh dude, is that original? Yes, it is. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on a second. I Googled it and Ben Franklin said that <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, but that's just how revelation works is like, it's truth that becomes a part of you. And so I think that, um, like the first, the first part, I can't remember whether I read it in a book or whether I read it. Um, I can't remember whether I read it in a book or whether I read it in, uh, like a blog or somebody's journal or whatever, like, um, or somebody preaching, but like, that entire phrase, am I so, am I so easily distracted again? Um, actually, no, I think it was an Instagram post. Maybe mm. it was like just the second half. Um, am I a slave to things that don't matter? Yeah. Um, and then like the part that came out of my heart was, am I so easily distracted again? But I think mm. that being a slave to things that don't matter, um, might've come from an Instagram post, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> shout out Instagram um, for the inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. Um, got that double tap. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I didn't really have a melody in mind. Um, typically my songwriting process is lyrics first, okay, always. And then music second. So because I just want I just want to hone in on like what I'm trying to sing and the music and the chord progressions come so easily. Um, it's like breathing. Um, mm. And so most cases I'll write entire songs and then put it to music later. Sometimes like a, a little melody will kind of sneak in there. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, it's just poems interesting do those when you're writing those lyrics do you it's just lyrics there's no melody involved when you're writing that you're not like humming it out or like singing it in your head you're literally not just like writing. wow that's super interesting because that's i mean from what from what i've experienced and heard from people that's kind of opposite of what a lot of people do writing songs right yeah um i don't know i haven't i haven't met many people who have the same process Mm-hmm. but um it works for me so I'm, yeah i'm just like doing what i can with it obviously like we're actively working on growing in other processes because it's super helpful to just like step outside of what i'm used to mm-hmm. um yeah what instruments do you play um piano guitar bass drums uh and then anything else is fair game except for reed instruments and bowed instruments gotcha. um, so like accordion or harmonica or um anything i don't know you kind of have to like if you're going to produce music you kind of have to learn a little bit of everything mm-hmm. um, because even if you are not going to be the final performer you want to be able to articulate what you want to hear totally. on a song so when yeah. what was the first instrument you started with 
piano piano yeah man i think that's so important to get i've talked about this before but my daughter's just turning four and that's like one of the first things that i'm going to get her involved with um is getting her in piano lessons just because regardless if she turns out to be a quote-unquote musician or whatever i just think that developing and expanding that part of the brain is so beneficial to all oh, every amazing. other area of cognitive ability that's so true dude yeah so cool um so you produce you said you produce um pretty much a lot of isla vista worships music right I think I've heard you say that. So I I would say on Isla Vista Worship 2, I had more of a co-producing role. Mm. Um, and then um, Mac Montgomery, who started Isla Vista Worship, he, um, he took uh, the role of like lead producer on that one. Okay. Um, sorry, got attacked by a yawn. All good. It happens. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Mac started Isla Vista Worship and he's produced every record up until, um, Isla Vista Worship 2. And then in 2017, he passed off all of Isla Vista Worship to me. And then he headed down to Orange County to, um, pursue his mainstream music career, um, which is the missions field that he's called to. Um, and, and so, um, when that happened, then like we we kind of took a hiatus from making records, and um, and then a year later, I started um, I started work on soul hymns, um, and I've I've dreamt of I grew up in black church, so like I dreamt of making a soulful worship EP mm-hmm. for like around eight years, I'd say. Um, probably longer than that, but, um, I, um, when we started working on soul hymns, like the vision came and the permission came and the provision came like all very close to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, and the vision being like making a record that like lets people know that they don't have to wait till the next event or worship night. Um, to experience the presence of God. Um, and just like that, the, the EP would be fuel for, for people to like, be like, I need to get to the secret place right now. Um, and, um, just helping people recognize that since the veil was torn and the Holy spirit was poured on, poured out into the earth, he never left. And like, that's kind of my heart behind the EP is that like, um, people would recognize that God is so accessible. He's made himself so accessible um, because he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And then um, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us always. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's pretty amazing. So but cool. like, um, yeah, I think that like that for me has been transformative even through the creation of the EP is just like that that helped me get through, through all of the hard work <laughs> that mm-hmm. it took to like make it um and it took a year to make it should have only taken 2 weeks but because of like how many people I wanted to have involved there was a scheduling uh 
fiasco. I'm sure. Um, but he, like, his presence just, like, helped push me through, like, every, like, high and low of, um, I don't know, even when you don't feel like getting any work done. Like, yeah, he's like, come on, come on, come on. And then since then, I've been blown away by all the testimonies of people getting healed as they're listening to the music or their hearts getting healed or um, um, just people encountering the presence of God or getting revelation of their righteousness in him or getting revelation of um, like a better picture of who God the Father is um, as a kind father as opposed to the false image that so often we're taught um, either by the world or even like sometimes other believers or pastors even um, that God is a distant father and that he's kind of just standing there with his arms crossed and um, and like his eyebrows um, are like his I don't know like like a frown yeah um just frowning at us and crossing his arms and saying well like that's so not who our father is um amen and so like the testimonies of people writing in have been like blowing my mind um and yeah so i guess that's just my heart behind the ep and um yeah yeah man music music is so powerful and i think it's powerful for everyone but i think it's more powerful for some people especially people who have like rhythm or i don't know just have like this deeper connection with it but the nostalgia that it can bring the power that it can bring the movement of your soul that it can bring i often think that like worship leaders and people who create music music professionally who are believers have the best job in the world because it's something you're I mean if you're a musician or if you're a worship leader that is your passion that is like your thing that is like where you get into flow state that's where you get busy that's what you love to do but you're also a believer and you love Christ and combining those two things and being able to sing from your soul and being able to put together music that is able to transform people and move people and to be able to worship for a living is like I mean that's that's the dream that is it's it's so so cool and I I don't know I often think about that especially like the worship leader at my church I look at him and I'm like dude this guy has such a tight job he just gets to worship Jesus for a living he gets to assemble a band to his picking of any musicians from in the area he wants he gets to sing whatever songs he wants um yeah man it's it's so cool and i think that like i've I've spoke about this before on the podcast i one night when i was having one of these worship sessions in my my daughter's playroom i i just felt moved by the spirit to grab my phone and press record because it was like just such a deep feeling like you need to share this so i just grabbed my phone and opened the voice memos app and just started recording and then um recorded like a seven minute podcast or something and then just uploaded it to iTunes that minute with no post-production no intro outro anything like that just to share because I feel like 
as we are in those acts, as we we're called to worship. And as we are in those acts, I get these feelings of euphoria and chills and the Holy Spirit dwells within me. That is truth. And I feel like it's those feelings are the Holy Spirit's response to my actions. Like, yes, Nick, this is, this is good. This is truth. Keep going. And like those, those feelings are, I mean, I wish I could hold on to them and I crave them and I'm addicted to them. And it's, it's goodness. And it's the Holy Spirit just telling me, keep seeking, keep, keep finding, keep worshiping. Yeah. yeah. So cool, man. So yeah, when... that's so good. That's, it's interesting. Cause like, even with worship leading, worship leading, being a dream job, like it, it kind of actually is not, it's not like what I've always dreamed of doing. What I've always dreamed of doing is um, like going into the mainstream um, in music as a musician or producer or manager or A&R or whatever and ministering to the people who are in that industry and that they would be my mission field. Not that the millions would know who I am, but that the one or two people who I work with in the industry would get to know Jesus through my life. Mm. and um but it's interesting because like in this season of my life that like worship leading and um leading isla vista worship and i'm one of our worship leaders um and so there is music coming out from our other worship leaders um but like in leading isla vista worship and worship leading i i know that it's like um, it's not going to be my vocation forever but it's who I am because all of us are priests unto God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually like, like hosting a meeting place between God and his people is something that we're all created to do, whether it's in music or whether that's in having a conversation with one person completely, re- completely disassociated from music, like just a, a conversation about the gospel. You are literally leading worship. Like, or telling somebody that that their sins are forgiven mm. like that's leading worship yeah. it's like i think so often because and i um i posted about this on instagram a, a couple weeks ago um a little 5 minute sermon that my friend john posted where so often because we hear people on platforms tell their stories of like how god brought them to a place of influence so often we can kind of create our own dreams based on those testimonies. And then all our dreams are completely focused on being in a position of what the world would call influence or um, AKA celebrity. And we call that influence. And then all of us get set on like massive dreams and hopes and callings that are like, that may not actually be, um, that may be less important than what God has actually called us to, because I believe that um, we actually need more hometown heroes, more people who are not focused on being a celebrity, but loving the one person in front of them. Yeah. Um, and I think even in creating soul hymns before, before I even started, God had me kill every dream of, or he asked me to kill every dream of becoming a celebrity. Um, because those things meant too much to me. I was so focused on like 
trying to like trying to be sick Mm -hmm. but like he was like dude this means way too much to you like my presence is the only thing ever that's going to satisfy you and if you if you ever walk into these dreams expecting them to satisfy you you're just going to switch to a different dream because like once you see it a dream fulfilled yes a longing fulfilled is a tree of life but you're you're not going to be fulfilled by that so you're going to just go run to another one instead of my presence yeah and so we we've got to start here we've got to start now like my presence is the only thing ever that's going to satisfy you and so just like would you lay this down and so i laid it down and since then like he started to like open up some doors that i never saw coming Mm. and get to meet my heroes like some of my biggest heroes in my life and like become friends with them. And um, there's like so many things that he's just handing back to me um, that I had completely killed because like they, so it came to a point after I killed them that like they no longer meant that much to me. Mm. And so because of that, like he got to give them back to me in joy and just like the cherry on top. Um, like after being completely recentered on his presence. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I felt led to like talk about that for a second because, um, it's kind of just become so a part of my heart whenever I get an opportunity to speak to, um, to speak to people from whatever level of influence God's given me that like, if we get our eyes off of and if we get our dreams off of like, what the world calls influence and start loving the person in front of us, then our lives are going to be impactful for the kingdom because sometimes there's a lie that slips in um, that says that if my life is not seen by people or a lot of people or whatever, then my life is not impactful for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's good, dude. That's super good. How are you? Can you, can you try to articulate how you are able to discern god's voice or god's prompting in your life because you mentioned like with the with creating uh my portion that you felt called to go and record and then you just mentioned that you were you felt called to to kill these these aspirations and dreams that you had how how were you able to discern that what god's speaking to you yeah um so in john 10 jesus talks about how he says, my sheep hear my voice and the voice to this and they follow me and the voice of the stranger, they do not follow. Hmm. Um, and I really believe that every single one of us has been like built with the capacity to hear the voice of God. Um, whether that be in, you know, that internal still small voice or whether that be visually in our mind's eye or whether that be um, in an impression, you know, sometimes you just know something mm-hmm. or, um, or whether that be even in a, like a physical sensation, um, or I know there's so many ways that God can speak to us. Like one of, one of my friends, like for a season of her life, like the main way that God spoke to her was in like through license plates, like pointing what? things out to her about license plates that like um you know he can use he can use anything 
to speak to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people, that's the ocean or nature or whatever. But yep. um, uh, there's a song that I heard once um, that went, he is always speaking. Are we listening? Mm. Um, and um, I don't know. I've, I've heard that preached before. And um, I've seen people walk away either encouraged or discouraged because they're like, I've tried, man. But like, there's also other people who I've heard just say like, um, like, I honestly never knew that God wanted to speak to me or that he could. And it's like, hold on a second. Like, we're if if the gospel is about relationship with Jesus. Um. Which even that, like in preaching the gospel, like people most often um, acknowledge the one of the byproducts of the gospel, which is that we get to dwell in his presence in heaven forever. Mm-hmm. But most people don't acknowledge the fact that the gospel starts now. It started 2000 years ago, but it starts now in um and the fact that like what Jesus did on the cross actually impacts my now mm-hmm. um, and everything that he everything that he did in his life um, when he prayed in the garden of, of Gethsemane and said like um, you know he prayed the Lord's prayer um, but like in the garden of Gethsemane he prayed in the Lord's prayer about like, uh, "Thy kingdom come, thy will be thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Um, <coughs> I really believe that in that prayer, he's saying that God's will is that it would be on earth as it is in heaven already. Um, and then in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed that we would that we would become one with the Father as He and the Father are one, and that. You know, it's this whole like circular, circular, paradoxical prayer that he's praying. But like union with God, I really believe is the point of the gospel mm-hmm. um, because we were never meant to be separated from him. Um, it was man, man's actions that separated us from him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, and. Yeah, so that's just like what's on my heart with that. Um, in regards to like hearing the voice of God, I think that we were built for it. I don't think relationship can happen unless you, um, unless there's a form of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that like the Bible is our foundation, um, for getting to know what his voice sounds like. Um, but I also believe that without asking the Holy Spirit to baptize your time in the Word, you can walk away from time in the Word, um, interpreting it um, uh, as something other than it was meant by the author to be. Yeah. Um, and I think we've seen that happen um, even just through like the tens of thousands of denominations that have formed um 
still centered around the word, but like every every person's own interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think in some in some ways I see denominations um, as like a beautiful thing um, that like each one carries a specific characteristic and has a specific call um, and a specific divine purpose. Um, and I see a lot of like a lot of ground being covered by like, you know, if you viewed it geographically, um, not literally, but like if you viewed like all the things that the kingdom is meant to be geographically like in the in the aspect of reverence like there's certain um denominations that are like really amazing at reverence and then in specifically like um like walking in signs and wonders and like preaching the gospel with power like there's other denomination denominations that carry that and then there's like I don't know. There's a lot of, I I think that there's a lot of beauty in that, but there's also an aspect of it where it's like, dang, we actually need to ask the Holy spirit to be with us as we're reading the word so that we don't come away with something that divides us from other believers that, but that actually unites the body of Christ. Amen. Um, and so with that, I think the relationship between hearing the voice of God and the word, um, I think they go hand in hand. And I think that one of the primary ways that God wants to speak to us is through the word, um, because he says that his word is the the only thing that brings life to our bones. Like, that is so crazy that literally like getting the truth of the word into our hearts and our minds literally has the power to transform our physical bodies. Mm. Um, And I've seen that happen in my own life. Um, I've seen that happen in my family. Um, even in just like when we're sick, we would put on healing scriptures. Just like if you need healing scriptures to listen to, just go or like search on YouTube for like healing scripture playlist or whatever. Like the word of God has so much power. Um, and I know that like specifically in giving us the the Bible to read, like there's a very um like that's right like like i said that's the foundation um and that's how we even get to know what his voice sounds like because if it doesn't line up with who jesus is it's not it's not god like jesus is the express image of god the father he was the perfect image and every image before that and after that um, pales in comparison to the expression of who God is through through the life of Jesus. Um, so even in, I'm so thankful for Jesus because even in reading the Old Testament, if you don't read it through the lens of the life of Jesus, you can come away with this picture of who God the Father is that's totally not who my dad is. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so, I'm just so thankful for who Jesus is and the fact that he gave us a better, a better picture of who God the father is. Um, and so I would say for me, hearing the voice of God has started, it started when I was really young. Um, my parents have always taught us, um, that God wants to speak to us and that he is speaking to us, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's our opportunity to an honor to tune into his voice. Um, and to put away distractions 
and to quiet the voices of our intellect. Um, and so like one of the ways that my dad taught me um, about that is um, how he was taught when he was a teenager, um, which is just take a journal and a pen or pencil and just write my son or my daughter and then write anything that comes up on your heart. Like, don't filter it. Don't try to come up with anything out of your mind. Just like write it down. Write down anything that comes up out of your heart. First, it'll be words. Then it'll be sentences. Um, and then later on, after you after you are done, you like read through it and then cross-reference it to the word. Like, does this line up with who God says he is? Like, okay, the first thing that came up on my heart was my son. I love you. Okay, does that line up with who God is? Okay, mm. now we're getting somewhere. Like, like and... Um, I've seen people start this process of like, I don't know, learning about journaling and I've, I've seen them be discouraged. Like, no, I came up with that. I'm like, hold on a second. Do you not believe that God wants to say, I love you to you? Like, even if you made it up, he's still speaking that over you. Like, yes. um, and so that just, that, that kind of like, uh, mental spanking has helped keep me in line um, because I think that if we turn off the spigot, um, I don't know, there's a visual right there. Um, if we turn off the spigot of river of living water that's flowing from our belly, like how are we going to get the answers for life that we need? Um, and um, for me, as I've like learned to tune into the voice of God um, first on a relational level and then on a practical level, um, it has helped so much to like in, in understanding. Um, okay. The word says the, that the word of God is living and active sharper than a double-edged sword dividing asunder between the soul and the spirit. Um, and that scripture, I, um, for me is like that God's words help me discern what is him speaking and what is my own emotions and my own will. Yes. Um, because when I'm praying and asking God for an answer, if my heart is attached to a specific, say like, say the answer is a, or say the answer is B, um, or maybe even C, maybe he'll throw a C in there. Um, or he'll, he'll split that C in half. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but if I'm praying and asking God for, (laughs) oh my God. Um, if I'm praying to God and asking him for an answer over a specific situation in my life, if my heart is already so far leaning toward one specific answer, I'm not actually, I don't actually trust him. I don't actually care what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's an opportunity to humble myself before the Lord because um, I'm holding on. It's a stronghold. I'm holding on to something and not actually giving him space to be the, the almighty. <laughs> like yeah. he, he has so much wisdom and he has so much knowledge and he knows like the inner workings of every heart 
and he knows the inner workings of every situation. And he's the best businessman. He's the best musician. He's the best worship leader. He's the best designer. He's the best creator. He's the best um, counselor. Um, mm. He like, he's the best plumber. He's the best everything. Like for any situation that we're in, he has the answers and we have the river of living water like flowing in our belly. And it's like, if we turn that spigot off just because we think that it's coming from ourselves as we're journaling or whatever, like um, we need to dive back into the word and like allow him to continue to um, transform the way that we see him, because that's going to transform the way that we hear from him. Um, And I really believe that like, he's always trying to convince us of a better picture of who God, the father is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because ours has been so, so horribly tainted, um, which really, I would say, like, if you don't already have a foundation in, um, in looking at God, the father through the life of Jesus, um, and if there's still like, if you feel distance between you and the father, like, please, 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 please spend time, um, Specifically in Psalms and in the book of John, um, I would say there are two great starting places um, that um, really have just been foundational in regards to like how I see the Father so that I can hear him more clearly um, and accurately. (laughs) Because, like, um, if, um, let's see, like, I think that primarily starting in hearing the voice of God in a relational context um, is like such an amazing foundation to then later on asking him questions about practical things in our lives. Um, Whereas so often we just want an answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We want an answer to a practical situation and he's, he just wants, he just needs us to know how loved we are, how chosen we are how valuable we are apart from anything that we could ever give him. We have infinite value Mm. and um, because he paid his life when we were dead in sin, he paid his life for us. Amen. And he didn't pay, he didn't pay his life for us to, for us to just do stuff later on. He paid his life to be in relationship with us. Mm -hmm. And, to bring us back into right standing with God, the father to complete righteousness through his grace. Um, and even believing in that grace, we can't even do on ourselves. That faith is a gift. And, um, so I would, I would say like, in starting to hear the voice of God, if, if somebody feels like they haven't heard the voice of God before, um, I would honestly strongly disagree. I think that he's speaking to all of us mm-hmm. from the day that we, from the day that we, we can understand words. Um, and maybe even before then, um, I believe that he's singing over us. I believe he's dancing over us and speaking words of life. Um, and I believe that he sends angels to minister to us. Um, and yeah, I just think that, um, I think that like he says, like Jesus says in, um, 
in John 10, it's like, my, my sheep do hear my voice and the voice of the stranger do not follow. Um, and I give them eternal life that they'd never perish mm. and neither shall any man pluck them from my hand. That's like so amazing. Um, so I don't know. Is I, I hope that's helpful. Very helpful, um, man. There's... And I know that, I know that journaling is only is it's one practical way to capture, um, intimate conversations with God. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I know people who do, who do this visually through art and like most of their journals are art or like maybe they do canvas or whatever, but like, um, and then some people do voice memos. Um, my dad types stuff out, um, in his notepad on his computer so that it syncs to his phone and his computer. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's like so many different ways, but like, I just see this visual of like God, the father with a pi- big picture of really yummy, fresh squeezed lemonade. <laughs> and in our prayer lives, we're like praying and asking like, like God, I need answers or God, like I need to hear from you. And he's like, where's your cup? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I could just pour it right into your mouth, but like get yourself a cup so that you can capture this and enjoy it for a while. Mm. Um, and even be reminded years ahead, like of these conversations that we had that, that built your trust in me. Mm. Um, and, um, and so for anybody who's looking to like start journaling, there's, um, there's a couple of books that I could recommend. Um, one is hearing the voice of God by Mark Berkler. That's like incredibly helpful. Um, or if you just want to dive in and just say, Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak to me right now. And then you just write my son or my daughter yeah. um, and just go for it. And for anybody who's who wants to do that, I just, I think maybe at the end, I'll pr- I, I'd like to pray over you, but um, I just, um, I think that like the subject matter of our prayers um, should primarily be um asking him to teach us about who he is. Mm. Um, and then later on, let's get to the practicals and then like, um, obviously like praying and asking God for, to speak wisdom to us about other situations or, um, ask him to give us his heart for other people. Um, because I know that like, there's been times where my prayer life has been so self-focused that, um, it didn't do me any good <laughs> yeah. because I was just like, it was all like, I was all kind of wrapped up in a tiny little package. Yeah. It was my own world, my own life, my own universe. And that's, I think prayer is so much more than that. And I think that his voice has so much more to say to us um, than just things about our own hearts and our own lives. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that was a, that was a, a, a lot of things. <laughs> It's good though, dude. So much good stuff there. And I think that one thing that you said that made me think of a book that I read, which a lot of people are probably familiar with is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And you said that the, if people say that they can't hear the voice of God or they can't feel his prompting or his calling or his initiative in their life, that they are wrong. And I totally agree with that as well. And I think something that C.S. Lewis kind of points out is that just the fact that humans have like morality and ethics built into their 
brains and their life is the voice of God. Like we all know that it is wrong to steal from your neighbor. We all, regardless of who you are, if you're a believer or not, you know intrinsically that it's wrong to go to your neighbor's house and take his stuff. You know that it's wrong to go over there and beat up your neighbor. You know that it's wrong. You know that we just have these intrinsic things. That's morality. And, and that's the goodness of God. Everything that is good comes from the father. And that's where you can start. You talked about filtering and it's like, when you have these promptings, like, man, I should go do this, or I should go speak with him, or I should give this person money, or I should go over here. You got to just filter it through the lens of, is it good? And is it out of love? And that oftentimes takes you to, you know, your, your ability to discern whether or not it's from the father. Um, yeah. So I think that's a great way to start. Um, so my uncle does this for his, he's a, um, he's a headhunter. Oh, gotcha. Um, so he, he does this for, um, for his own life, but he also does it for his business. So every morning when he gets into the office, he like pulls out a blank sheet of paper and he just prays in the spirit and asks the Lord to speak wisdom to him for the day. And God will give him numbers and God will give him people to call and God will give him like everything that he needs for that day and he'll give him a checklist or like a little idea or a little doodle that'll be for that day whether it's for him or for his business and the um retention rate of the connections that he makes between the executives that he's putting into position at these big companies um like the the amount of success that these companies are having with these executives is like astronomical compared to other headhunters and people ask each other they're like how is how is barlow doing this and they're like dude nobody can do what barlow does (laughs) but i actually strongly disagree i think that if you if you tune into the voice of god he desperately wants to speak life and wisdom into our situation so Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. that good man that's good all right, man, we're out of time. Where Good. can people find you online? Um, I don't have anything. I don't have my own website just yet, but um, our worship movement um, is islavistaworship.com and then our missions movement, which I didn't, uh, I'd hope to talk about, but um, maybe another time mm-hmm. um, is you can find info on that um, at missionislavista.com. And then also jesusburger.org is our evangelism ministry that we have going on in Isla Vista, which is the point of um, like primarily we're missionaries and secondary, secondarily we're musicians. So awesome. I'll uh, link to all those in the show notes. What about like yeah. Instagram? You're on Instagram and Twitter and all yeah, that. At Bark Marlowe Bark is uh, Marlo. my Instagram. Sweet man. Mark, thank you so much for doing this, brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation and float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and the experience is transformative to say the least. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an exclusive deal of 40% off the normal price for a single float. 
Just go to capitalfloats.com and use the promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout. If you're in Northern California, you definitely want to take advantage of this. Please remember that I am not a doctor, so definitely consult your physician before making any sudden diet, supplement, or lifestyle changes suggested in any of these episodes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can send an email to nick, N-I-C-K, at mylifeenchanted.com, or you can find me on Instagram at mylifeenchanted. Peace.